Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What was that about? What was the point? All of that, all of that. We were going to be destroyed. Do you remember this? GB News was going to be this big, iron, clunking fist. It was going to smash the Wokarati into tiny little pieces. It was going to be absolutely humiliating for those of anyone of a generally progressive disposition. It was the the the, the broadcast arm of the, of the culture war. It was going to sweep away this tidal wave of of political correctness gone mad that has apparently consumed the country and give a voice to that completely unrepresented demographic in this country, very right-wing, angry men. Andrew Neil was, of course, the star. He was the star of the show. So I'm a cat's trying to drink my water. Can you just calm down here? He was going to be, he was the star. He was the man who brought in the talent. Now, a lot of people, a lot of seasoned broadcasters, whatever you think about their career decision, they saw Andrew Neil as, you know, a, quite correctly, a, uh, whatever you think of him, a very, very, very experienced broadcaster. He had a huge uh, background in broadcasting behind him. He was built up by the BBC. And let's not forget that. This is classic BBC, of course. He was the chairman of the of the hard right Spectator magazine, which I'll come on to, uh, and 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 imagine, for example, the chairman of a left wing magazine, stridently uh, left in a way that the Spectator magazine, which publishes articles supporting Greek neo Nazis, he was there as the as the as a flagship interview of the BBC. He built up this huge online following. Uh, and then he used the, pro- the the profile, the platform he'd given, been given by the BBC to launch a channel which was essentially aimed as a dagger at the heart of the very corporation that he owed so much of his broadcasting career to. Now, Andrew Neil has quit GB News. Now, he only appeared on the show for about two weeks, if that, <laughs> uh, and then went on holiday um, and then never came back. And today he's announced... He's going. And I think this is just quite an instructive lesson. So I just thought, I was doing some work trying to write a book. I thought, I saw this flash up on my phone. I'm sure you all got the notification. And I thought it was just an instructive case study. Now, I'm just going to bring up some tweets from Andrew Neil about GB News. Let's have a look about how he talked about GB News. He said, he, he, he talked about how the woke warriors trying to stir up an advertising boycott of GB News, a channel that hasn't even started, are hilarious. Even funnier is their attempt to cancel mobile phone contracts of operators who dare to advertise on GB News. GB News is hiring all these, all these constantly kind of cheerleading these great coups that GB News had brought these people on, partly again, because again, once again, his kudos, his, uh, his background in broadcasting, that brought so many of those people in. Now, he said, and I just think this is just, I mean, this is a case study in hubris, by the way. There's so much of this is the hubris of 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 a right which 
to be fair, are drunk on triumphalism because they have been pretty victorious in a number of fields. Uh, for example, he's, he, he was talking about all the criticisms, all the critique of GB News in the build-up. Now, there were those of us who argued it would essentially just be Fox News. That's what it would be. It would just be uh, an attempt to replicate a channel which has been very successful in, in shaping political culture on the other side of the Atlantic. It would be bombastic, hard right, polemics. It would be, uh, you know, platforming, uh, demagoguery, the distortion, manipulation of facts in order to suit another right-wing political agenda. So, for example, he said earlier this year, for a channel that has yet to broadcast any output, people seem to know a lot about GB News, certainly more than me, but I'm just the chairman and primetime presenter. The British Fox News shtick is a predictable, tedious smear. But I guess as long as you're talking about us, it turns out we did know more than him because he spent a lot of time arguing in the build-up to GB News that it would not be Fox News. And it seems that many of those who obviously wanted it to be a a, a duplicate of Fox News used Andrew Neil, whatever you think about the man, a man who does have a lot of respect, broad, uh, widespread respect, because he can be a very good interviewer as someone who, at the beginning of my broadcasting career, was certainly on the receiving end of his ability to pin you down if you mess up. Now, as we can... Now, we'll just talk about this, because GB News, there was huge high hopes for it, and they were very happy with their the opening launch audience figures, uh, which beat Sky News and the BBC. Now, there was a problem with that because not everybody who tuned into GB News at the very beginning necessarily were wishing it well. I was one of those that audience, uh, and so was pretty much every lefty that I know because we were curious. We wanted to see what this was all about, what this phenomenon was all about. Uh, and from then on, their audience has collapsed. And I think it's quite interesting why it's collapsed. There's various, I think, theories for why it's imploded. I think... Uh, one, I think the fact that actually it was attempting to appeal to right-wing boomers, uh, people, and I'm not using that in a pejorative sense, I just mean it does cater for an older right-wing socially conservative audience, but actually it did platform a lot of anti-lockdown sentiments. Their flagship presenter in the end has ended up being Dan Wotton, who's a particularly unpleasant individual um, in terms of his output, uh, uh, a matter of opinion that happens to be mine, uh, but he has pla- he has um, uh, uh, you know, very much gone on an anti-lockdown kind of approach. Now, actually, a lot of right-wing older people don't support uh, views which oppose lockdown for very good reasons, because the older people who are at risk from COVID-19, which obviously, overwhelmingly, is particularly dangerous to people who are older. I think that's one part of it. I think the other part is... Uh, you know, and I find this interesting because I, I got very much piled on by right-wing people for making this point the other the other day. But in the last few weeks, I keep getting asked to go on GB News over and over again. I've been asked to go on Nigel Farage's show. I've been asked to go on about three other shows. And, and I think the reason for that, and I spoke to lots of other left-wing commentators, and they've also been bombarded with requests to appear on GB News, is actually a lot of their audience love to hate people like myself. They want to throw things at the television. They want to throw their slippers their real ale at the TV um, in in blind fury at everything we say. And I think the fact they ended up being this slightly bizarre echo chamber, often platforming extremely eccentric right-wing people, I think they just got bored. I think they just got bored of watching, you know, uh, propaganda essentially, which reinforced their 
existing worldview. But the whole point of GB News, it was just based on a lie. Well, not a lie. I think a failure to, to accept the media environment such as it is. Because I think basically those who pushed for it spend, like myself, too much time on Twitter. So on Twitter, you see all these people who are just so angry at woke, you know, and the woke arty and all the rest of it. Most people don't know what woke even means out there. If you knock on doors or chat to people in the streets and go, do you know what woke means? They'll just stare blankly at you. They don't, they're not obsessed with these things. They're not actually, most people aren't obsessed with ranting about trans people. Most people just, most people don't know any trans people. And a lot of people just think live and let live. If push came to shove, they were asked about, about that and so on. And I think a lot of these kind of anti-woke bashing uh, stories and talking points appeal to a very niche group of people who are on Twitter. But there is just the media environment in this country. Almost all newspapers support the conservative government. We have a right-wing ecosystem in our media, which is one of the most aggressively right-wing ecosystems in the entire Western world. So, you know, if you're angry at the so-called woke, then read The Sun or The Times or The Telegraph or The Daily Mail or The Daily Express or indeed The Spectator. Uh, so, you know, what was it catering for? It was, I mean, you know, if in a sense there was a left-wing government, if Corbyn had become prime minister, we had a left-wing government, you could see the basis then for a kind of right-wing media insurgency against it. But we have a government which is essentially waging a culture war. I mean, that's the basis of, you know, conservatism these days. It kind of mixes this national conservatism where they've abandoned austerity in the Cameron Osborne way uh, with strategically targeted investment to shore up an electoral coalition of older homeowners, whether that be in ex-industrial areas uh, or whether it be in the shires, um, combined with culture war, which is essentially backlash against the claims for justice and equality by minorities and by women. Uh, so they've already got the bully pit of the British government, which is then amplified through much of the right-wing media. So why bother? Why bother watching <laughs> Why bother watching GBDs? You could just listen to Boris Johnson, who's the prime minister of the country. Because I suppose, you know, this phenomenon of the right, and we saw it with Trump, and we do see it with the British right, which is the phenomenon of the sore loser. It's the winner who acts as though they've lost, as though they're in office, but they're not in power. That people like me really are somehow pulling the strings and dominating the kind of cultural conversation of this country, and that there's a need, therefore, for a kind of grassroots insurgency by the dispossessed British right, who have an 80-seat majority in control of almost the entire British media. And I think that does cater for some people who are delusional about how dominant their ideology is in the British political and media uh, systems. Someone's complaining about me using ecosystems, so I'm going to switch the system. Uh, but actually, most people aren't because they're catered for in quite an aggressive way. And I think the other point is about the BBC, because a lot of this was about how the BBC, which, by the way, its median um, viewer these days is actually, again, pretty old. Uh, because a lot of younger people now watch YouTube, Netflix, etc., uh, you know, and, and actually themselves often don't feel cases for by the BBC. But this idea of the BBC is this bastion again of the of the left and the woke. You know, the director general is a former conservative activist. Andrew Neil was the chief interviewer for so many years. You had, you know, Nick Robinson, who was the chief 
political correspondent uh, who used to be chair of the Young Conservatives. You, you have this revolving door between the BBC and the Conservative Party. Boris Johnson, he hired uh, his spin doctor from the BBC, Gitto Harry, who then, to be fair, <laughs> became a presenter on GB News before he got cancelled for taking the knee. Because, of course, the whole point of GB News was to take on cancel culture and the, and the, and the aggressive, woke mob uh, who were, who, 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 uh, you know, this catering to those who want to shut down free speech and the right to freedom of expression because of that outrage. And then they bombarded GB News online and got him kicked off air uh, and cancelled. Uh, but Gito Harry, nonetheless, you know, he was a spin doctor for Boris Johnson when he was mayor of London. Again, David Cameron, he hired Craig Oliver from the BBC. Again, here's another example. You've got George Osborne. He hired a BBC producer, Thea Roberts, Thea, Thea Rogers, sorry, Thea Rogers, to be his spin doctor. Theresa May hired Robbie Gibb, the former head of live political programming on the BBC. Indeed, edited Andrew Neil's shows on the BBC. Robbie Gibb, the former chief of staff to Francis Maud, a conservative minister. His brother, Nick Gibb, again, a conservative minister, uh, and now is an ardent critic of the BBC, helped found GB News. Um, and at the same time has been appointed to a senior role in the BBC. Uh, you know, the B this idea of the BBC being this bastion of the left and all the rest of it is, of course, belied by the facts. Now, a lot of people on the right, as I've said, a very successful phenomenon of the sore, uh, the sore loser, the cry bully who pretends that they're really being victimised. They're the marginalised minority, whilst the left are really somehow secretly in control. Again, I just don't think that resonates enough with enough people to be a successful channel. And again, I do think the point about what's acceptable in British political culture and what isn't is interesting because Andrew Neil himself, and again, I'll be balanced here, a superb interviewer when he wants to be. I do think the way he interviews politicians is from a certain right-wing starting point. So when he flays alive a conservative minister, it's often from the basis of critiques that much of the British right would be happy with critiquing conservative ministers on, uh, you know, like waste and uh, spending money in, in, in ways which often don't accord with the priorities of the right. Not always, by the way, there are exceptions to that, but that, that is generally often how his interviewing um, has gone. You know, when I was on TV with him, he'd call me the hard left, but he wouldn't apply that label to people who are equally as right wing as I'm, as, as I'm left wing. Um, but Andrew Neil was the, uh, editor of the Sunday Times when that newspaper promoted the idea that HIV did not cause AIDS, uh, which is, I have to say, a, a, a pretty grim forerunner of a lot of the COVID denial theories that GB News has been happy to platform, uh, whatever Andrew Neil's own opinions on, on, on COVID are. Uh, whether it be, uh, you know, the fact that he hired David Irving, uh, the most infamous Holocaust denier, uh, not because he agreed with his views, and he has said that he didn't pay him the money, but it was a massive propaganda coup for David Irving at the time to translate diaries on behalf of the Sunday Times, giving him respectability that led to widespread condemnation at the time. Um, and uh, then he ended up, of course, chair of The Spectator magazine, a magazine which, uh, which has praised Greek neo-Nazis, as I've said, which has uh, published articles by the likes of Rod Liddell saying there's not enough Islamophobia in the Conservative Party, which has used phrases like black savages, uh, which has um, uh, 
published articles such as in praise of the Wehrmacht. Uh, but again, you know, imagine you had someone chair of a left-wing magazine, you know, with that, you know, argue, with with an article saying, you know, there's not enough anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. Just imagine, uh, even if he will argue, I'm chair, I don't have editorial responsibility. If that was on the left, the idea that they would be at the BBC as a respected uh, prominent interviewer and then using that platform to set up a rival TV station is, I think, obviously beyond the realms of of believability. Um, it is interesting because it is, I think, it shows how the British right have partly become drunk. It's, it's, it's a combination, weirdly, of two conflicting things, which is triumphalism, a sense that, that they're anti-woke bashing and, and taking on the kind of, as I've said, this, you know, Ride, riding the wave of backlash against movements arguing for rights for various minorities and so on yeah, have gone too far. There's only so much enthusiasm people can muster to watch a TV station, which repeats that back to them. Um, uh, but there's that triumphalism, that sense of, you know, this is so widespread. We are the real dominant majority in this country that there'll be this huge audience for it. And also this sense of we are also besieged and really although we have all this dominance in the British media um, and we have a government which has a thumping majority that represents our views, that somehow we're the ones on the defensive and we need a channel which will push back. Get up to 30% off wedding jewellery at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And it hasn't worked. It just there just isn't the enthusiasm for that because, as I've said, it is so widely catered for, and that is the problem in which we live as a country. Because the the reality is, I'm afraid to say, that those on the defensive are people on the left. It's progressives. It's those who are arguing uh, for a more just economic system that doesn't concentrate wealth and power in the hands of a tiny minority, uh, which we marry to the idea that minorities and women should have rights and equality. And we're the ones, I'm afraid, who are on the defensive. We're the ones who aren't properly represented uh, in the media, in the political system, including, of course, in the modern Labour Party, which a few days ago tried to discipline the chair of its youth wing because she took on transphobia online. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's a slightly depressing way of looking at it. But that's, that is the reality, the political and media reality that exists. That group, which GB News was aiming for, 
they're not marginalized. They are, of course, the dominant political culture in Britain in 2021. And I think that will change, not least as uh, that, that younger, those younger, you know, the millennials, the Zoomers, those who are at the forefront of climate justice campaigns and who polling shows are very far more attached to progressive social and economic ideas until they can assert more dominance uh, politically and culturally and socially, that isn't going to change. Um, now, I'm just going to quickly look. So Foxy says, honestly, take away any organized attempts to bring the channel down. And the production quality was still terrible. And the presenters were amateur. I mean, that's the thing. They'll say, that's what they're going to argue. They're going to say, you know, this is the whole stab in the back thing, that the Wokerati, they dragged down this channel with their cancel culture and all the rest of it. But it just wasn't even any good. That's the problem. I mean, the, the production values, I've already apologized to student productions because I said it, it was... Uh, akin to a student production, but there are lots of very professional student productions all across the country who did not deserve that smear against their good name. Uh, but it was, it was embarrassing. Like they, you know, they started, with, <laughs> you couldn't see the presenters because it was so dark. Uh, they, you know, the autogies were falling, the, you know, they, the, the audio was embarrassing. I mean, it, the, the te- you know, the millions, this is a channel with tens of millions of pounds thrown at it. Where did that money go? Because it clearly didn't go in the production it was just very very bad quality uh with presenters who frankly you know you know i'm I'm not saying i'm just saying they weren't necessarily natural presenters who could sustain interest even from a politically sympathetic audience it just didn't work i mean it has now essentially become a youtube channel online they do all right i mean as a youtube channel i mean that's essentially it now isn't it no one watches them on their TV channel. A lot of their programs are zero rated, but they do well, well online. But the right already deal well on videos. That's, you know, on YouTube. Unfortunately, those of us on the left, we haven't displaced them. That is their field. That's where they were already doing well. So I don't even think they've broken up a new market. I just thought it's, it's, it's just an interesting case study about, you know, I suppose, as I've said, the denial the British right have about their own supremacy, their own ideological dominance in this country. I'm just going to quickly look at some of the comments. I I did this video on an impulse because, as I've said, I'm writing a book, which is three years overdue. Uh, You can see why I haven't finished it. Um, But yeah, I mean, someone said this is the crossroads of news, GB News. Uh, Crossroads was, it was, it had its, I mean, I I don't know, crossroads, I think it's kind of harsh in crossroads. Crossroads is a soap opera. Slightly wooden acting, production value is not great, but far more compelling and, and had a better relationship with reality, to be really honest with you. Uh, I mean, someone say, will, will they be cancelled themselves within six months? I mean, well, they've already been cancelled by the British audience, by the Brit- by British viewers. I mean, that's, this is probably going to be, sh- this is going to be given an example of cancel culture. Viewers failing to be interested in GB News meant they cancelled GB News. I've actually heard of less ludicrous examples uh, to be honest with you, of cancel culture than that. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, people against woke need to get a hobby and stop trying to insert themselves into the lives of successful black, brown, gay, trans people, women. Partly, I mean, look, partly it is just backlash by, you know, it's, you know, it's become a bit of a cliche, but it's true when you're, uh, when, when you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. It's this idea if you're, you know, if you're a man, the traditional backlash against feminism was feminazis, that these were aggressive, over-assertive women who 
you know, had more rights than us. I mean, that was often said about gay rights. They've got more rights than normal people these days. I don't mind them as long as they don't shove it down our throats, wink, wink. Uh, you know, in the same white lash, particularly in the United States, but elsewhere, Trumpism was about that. This idea of, you know, uh, uh, that when you get uh, black Americans asserting their rights to better representation, to economic justice, challenging structures of privilege, that provoked huge anger, fury, resentment, which was obviously manipulated uh, by the likes of of Trumpism. Um Someone says doing good on the ratings, though. TV News is not doing well on ratings, to be honest with you. And to be honest, it is true a lot of companies have withdrawn from the channel. But again, that's not cancel culture. Uh, I mean, look, you don't have to be a free marketeer to accept that businesses do have the right to choose where they advertise. And they just obviously felt their their brand was being damaged by being associated with some of the views and claims which were being broadcast um, on GB News. Um uh, yeah, someone here, you know, my comment well, on on our journey to a better society via the scenic route. I mean, it's certainly a, a the long scenic route at the moment. And again, you know, that's why it's important. People saying this is Schadenfreude. We'll take what we can in these bleak times because the depressing way of looking at the failure of GB News, as I've said, is it's the success of the British right the dominance of the British right in this country, that meant it would never be a success because they were catering for an audience which likes to think of itself as unrepresented, but deep down knows it isn't. And that wasn't enough to sustain their views. That was basically all I wanted to kind of rant about because I just, you know, I I do think, you know, the reason we set this whole channel and podcast and Facebook video thing up is because of a British media landscape where, the the voices of, you know, yesterday we did a video on universal credit. We have this so-called debate about universal credit where, you know, uh, we're going to have this terrible cut to universal credit, six billion pound worth cut, which is going to drive huge numbers of people, low paid people, disabled people, others into poverty and hunger and insecurity. That's what a civil servant themselves said to the Treasury. But we don't hear the voices of universal credit claimants. That's what we try to rectify on this channel. But we have a mediocre ecosystem. I've said ecosystem again. I know that's annoying people. I'm so sorry. That you know the government's own statistics show that the British media uh, is very much you know the second worst offender when it comes to coming from privileged backgrounds in terms of who went to private school. Often from very similar backgrounds. That's partly because of unpaid internships, which people can't afford to do unless they're well off and they can live off the bank of mum and dad and they have connections in the media already. And that creates a, uh, you know, an echo chamber in the British media where people's shared privileged experiences reinforce each other and the way they look at the world, their prejudices, the filter we all have when we look at the world around us, which is partly created by our own lived experiences. Uh, whether it be the fact that the ownership structure of the British media means most newspaper outlets are the playthings of very wealthy media moguls, um, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it, whether it be the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the widespread common sense views of the British public overwhelmingly support public ownership of utilities, higher taxes on the rich, are treated as fringe ideas within the British media. Um, and, you know, that has to change. That's what we have to fight to change. And the idea, the re- the real problem in the British media was that right-wing views, right-wing often conspiratorial views were not being catered for, was clearly a nonsense.
that's enough for me. We've got loads of stuff coming up, including an interview with Sean Fay. As I've said, we like to provide a platform for people whose voices are not heard enough, which certainly is not very, very right-wing, angry men who GB News tried to cater for. Um, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Thanks for letting me just run. I'm going to go back to writing uh, my book. Uh, I will see you very, very soon. Um, don't don't enjoy the Shadowfoy too much because, as I said, this does this doesn't reflect a big victory for the left. The collapse, the humiliating collapse of this channel, because we live, we essentially GB News. We all are stuck in GB News. GB News essentially those views run the country. But that will change. That's enough for me. Lots of love, Susie. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.